Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories. Wise tales from storytellers around the world which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids. How are you? Have you started school again? Our current theme is fairy tales around the world. And the tale today is told by storyteller Jason Buck. The story is from Germany. It's inspired by a fairy tale collected by the Brothers Grimm. It's called The Luck Child, and it's got a devilish sort of character in it. Jason is really good at giving his characters funny voices. Do you remember his troll in The Three Billy Goats Gruff? Who's that trip trapping over my bridge? Now, just before Jason begins, can you have a think of your favourite story character and see if you can invent a funny voice for them? It might be a high squeaky voice, or it might be a gruff low voice, or a bit kind of sleepy like the bear in the Stick Woman fairy tale. Why don't you have a little go at trying out some voices while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Ready? Off you go. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. I hope you found a voice that worked. Did you manage to scare someone at home or even make them laugh? So, are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Are you ready to hear the luck child? Then let's give a warm welcome to Jason Buck. Are you lucky? Do nice things happen? Or sometimes do you think you're unlucky? Some days I feel very lucky, some days I feel less so. Well, this story is about a boy who grew up to be a man and he was lucky all his life. Once upon a time, a man and a woman lived in a cottage in the forest. They'd been married for some time and they were very, very happy when along came a baby, a little baby boy. They wanted to know what the boy's future would be like, so they took him to a fortune teller. And the fortune teller waved her hands over him and wafted the smoke on the fire and said, Oh, yes, oh, he's going to be very lucky, this one, very lucky indeed, for when he is sixteen, he will marry a princess and then become a king. Thank you very much, said the man and the woman. Thank you very much indeed. So life continued and they were very happy with their little baby boy. And one day a king came riding through the forest. He'd lost his way and called at the cottage. He didn't tell them he was a king. He was sort of in disguise so that no one would notice him, so that he could pass without trace. They welcomed this fine-dressed gentleman into their cottage, and they offered him some food and drink, and he asked after their baby. Well, they said, we've been to a fortune-teller, and she has told us that he will marry a princess when he becomes sixteen, and then he will become king. Perhaps he will become the king of this country, they said. Now the fine-dressed gentleman who really was the king of that country thought, hmm, I don't want this to happen. I will fix this. 
he said to the man and the woman, I have an idea. I am very rich, and I can take your baby boy away, and I can give him the best education, the best clothes, and the best food in the best place to live, and when he is old enough and grown up, he can return to you once more. Well, the man and the woman thought that they were quite poor, and that this would be a good chance. They would miss their child growing up, but it would be better for him in the end. And so they agreed that the nobleman could take him. The nobleman gave them some money to help them on their way, and he took the baby boy. But instead of taking him back to his castle, he put him in a wooden box, shut the lid, and threw him into the river, and thought, ha, 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 that will get rid of him forever. But of course it didn't. Of course it didn't. A little further down the river, there was a mill, a water mill, where the miller and his wife lived. And the miller's young assistant was out watching the water, watching the water wheel go round, and he noticed something flowing past, something bobbing along on top of the river. It was a box, a wooden box, and when he got out a long pole and hooked it in and opened it up, hoping that it might be treasure, well, inside was that baby boy. Well, he took the baby boy in, and the miller and his wife were astonished to see a baby boy in a box. Oh, the river has brought us a child. We so wanted a child and don't have one of our own, so we will raise him as our own. And so they did. They raised the baby who became a little boy, who became a bigger boy and became a young man. He helped out at the mill, and he was very happy to be fostered by the miller and his wife. But one day, that king, that same king, well, he came riding past, and again in disguise and not telling anyone that he was king. He went into the mill and asked for some food and water for himself and some food and water for his horse. Of course, they said to this very fine gentleman, and while he was sitting down and eating, he asked them about their family and asked them about this fine young man who was there, their son. Well, they said, you'll be astonished at this, but 16 years ago, he appeared in a box in the river. Of course, the king remembered that he had tried to get rid of the baby by putting it in a box and putting him in the river. Well, thought the king, hmm, this luck child is very lucky indeed, but I still can't have him marrying my daughter and becoming king. I, he said very grandly to the miller and his wife, I am the king, your king. Oh, your majesty, they said, bowing down low. If you would allow your son to take a message to the castle, I will give you a gold coin. Well, of course, and what an exciting adventure, they thought. And the sixteen-year-old boy, the luck child, thought this would be a great adventure as well. So the king wrote out a letter, closed it, gave it to the boy, and told him to take it to the castle, and gave a gold coin to his foster parents. Well, off went the boy straight away. He went off on the greatest adventure of his life. Deep in the forest, the luck child watched as the sun began to dip behind the trees, and the shadows lengthened, and dusk came upon him. He was worried that he would get lost, that he would have to sleep out in the open when he saw a light in a window in a little cottage. He went up and knocked on the door. When the door was open, a nice old lady was inside. Hello, dear, she said. Oh, hello. Uh, excuse me for bothering you, but I'm, I'm rather lost in the forest and I'm ever so tired and ever so hungry and I have to get to the castle soon. I have a message to take there, but please, may I come in and spend the night in the cottage? "'Well,' said the old lady, I, "'I would say yes, but unfortunately 
I am the maidservant who looks after this cottage, but the cottage is owned by a den of thieves and brigands and bandits. Oh, dear, said the young man, but I am lost, and I fear that it'll be more dangerous if I sleep out on my own. Very well, then, she said. Do come in if you're prepared to take the risk. Well, he came in, and he had a bowl of soup and a mug of warm milk, and he lay down on a wooden bench, and he was so tired from his journey that he fell fast and deep asleep. Well, it was around midnight, the darkest time of the night when the stars shine brightest, that the robbers, the brigands, the bandits, the thieves came home. And when they came in, they demanded soup for themselves. Soup, old woman, soup, give us some soup. Yeah, give us some soup. We'd like some soup as well, please. They all came in and they all sat down and then one of them said, Here, what's that lad doing sleeping on that bench? Why have we got a lad on the bench? Who's the lad? He knows about the robbers. He'll turn us in. We don't want him. We'll have to kill him. Stick him in a barrel. Wait, 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 said the old woman. Wait, he's just a poor lad who's lost in the forest. He's taking some message to the castle. Message? 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 Oh, message? What's that then? Well, they looked inside his jacket and there was the letter that had to be sent to the castle. And when they opened it up, they were shocked to see that the king had written a message to the queen, saying, When this young man arrives, he must on no account be allowed to marry the princess, and he must be killed immediately. <gasps> That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. We wouldn't even do that. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. So the robbers decided to change the letter. They got another piece of paper that looked exactly like the king's paper. And because they were good at copying and cheating at things, they copied the king's handwriting and instead wrote a very different message. Well, in the morning, the robbers had gone up and they'd gone off robbing and thieving and doing the things that bandits do in the forest. And the young man woke up and said, Oh, thank you very much, to the old woman. Thank you so much. Oh, I feel so rested and, and I'll be on my way. Indeed you will, and good luck to you, young man. Not that you need it. And the luck child, well off he went on his way. When the luck child reached the castle gates, he was allowed in, and presenting his letter, he was taken up to the queen, who opened the letter and read what was inside, and she peered curiously at the young man and said, Well, I must do what my husband decides I must do. He is the king after all. And to his surprise... The princess was brought forward. The princess was brought forth, and she was very clever and very funny and very nice, all great qualities in a princess. And it was announced that by order of the king, the young man should marry the princess immediately. And so, without further ado, the luck child and the princess were brought together, and a wedding was held and a great feast was held to celebrate their marriage. Well, now the luck child had become a prince because he'd married a princess, and eventually, when the king died, he would become king. Now, when the king returned home, he went and saw his wife, the queen, and said, Ha ha, so, did a young man arrive here? Yes, he did, she said. And what did you do? I did exactly what you told me to in your letter. Excellent. You killed him, yes? Well, no, not at all. I'd married him to our daughter. He is now officially, legally, and royally married to our daughter, the princess. What? said the king. And when he was shown the letter, it did look as if it had been written by him, but somehow someone somewhere had changed the message. I am not happy about this at all. Well, I'll sort this out myself in a different way. 
the king summoned the luck child, now his prince. If you are going to stay married to my daughter, you must prove that you are worthy of her. Uh, yes, of course, your majesty, said the luck child. What is it you'd like me to do? I would like you to go and steal three golden hairs from the head of the devil. <laughs> I can do that, said the luck child. I will do that to prove that I will be a good prince and to prove to your daughter, my wife, that I love her very much. Off you go and don't come back without them, said the king. And so off he went. Now in the first part of his journey, he came across a town. And when he came up to the town gates, because I don't know if you know this or not, but in the olden days, towns might have walls around them, walls to protect from armies invading and to protect from bandits, and to get in and out of a town, you'd have to go through the gates. He went up to the gates and asked the soldier who was on guard there if he could come in. Now the soldier said, well, you can come in, but so long as you answer a problem that we've had here for a while. And what is that problem? Well, there is a tree in the market square that used to have golden apples growing on it. But there's no apples and no leaves and no blossoms for many a year. If you can fix that, of course you can. Well, said the luck child, I don't know the answer yet, but I will find the answer and I will come back and tell you. All right, said the soldier. In you come, have a good night's rest, and I shall see you again when you've got the answer. In the second part of his journey, he came to another town. This time there were great big stone walls around there, and when he went up and talked to the soldier on the gate, the soldier said, Well, yes, you can come in, I suppose, but uh, only if you can answer a question that's been bothering us for a while. And what's that? said the luck child. Well, in the centre of our town, there's a, there's a lovely big market square, and in the middle of that market square, there's a fountain. And that fountain used to flow with wine but now it doesn't even flow with water. There's nothing there. Why do you think that is? Well, said the luck child, I, I don't know now, but I will find out and I'll come back and I will help you. All right then, you come in then, lad, and you have a good lovely night's sleep, see? And the third part of his journey he came, no, not to another town, this time to a river. And at the edge of that river, because there was no bridge, there was a man who had a boat, a ferryman, as he would be called, and he would take people backwards and forwards on his boat across the river. The luck child came up to him and said, Excuse me, ferryman, would you ferry me across the river? I'd be delighted to. But I tell you what, I'll do it for free, if you can answer a question, something that's been bothering me for a while. Uh, yes, of course, I, sh I shall try, said the luck child. He said, Why is it that... No one ever comes to take over from me as the ferryman. I've been doing this job for years and years, and I can't leave it. I'd like a break, and I'd like someone else to take over, but I can't. Why is that? Well, said the luck child, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I don't know now, but I, I will find out for you. All right, hop in, wee lad. I'll take you across. And so the luck child did. He was ferried across the river, and then... He found his way down, down into the ground, down to the bowels of the earth, where his footsteps echoed through the caves, and drops of water fell from the ceiling. He found his way to the devil's house, and there, feeling nervous, 
He plucked up his courage and sucked in his breath and puffed out his chest and knocked on the door and opened it. But the devil wasn't at home. But his granny was. The devil's granny was there in a rocking chair by the fire. Oh, hello, my dear, she said. Whoa, you don't want to be round here. If the devil comes down and finds you, he'll eat you. He likes eating boys. Well, I would love to go away, said the luck child, but I've got to find three golden hairs from the devil's head. That's the only way I can remain married to my darling princess wife and the only way that I can remain being a prince and the only way that one day I will be king. And also I said I'd... I'd find out some answers to some questions to some, some friendly guardsmen and a, and a ferryman who helped me in my journey. Oh, well, well, my love, you, you come on in then. Come on in, and I tell you what, the devil's going to be home soon, and just so he doesn't know you're here, I will change you, using magic, granny magic, I will change you into the shape and size of an ant, and then he won't notice you. And with a wave of her knitting needles... <laughs> The luck child had suddenly changed into an ant. Just hide in the folds of my skirt, down near my feet, she said. And as an ant, the luck child crept into the skirts, and there in the folds he stayed there and hid. And then suddenly outside, clop, 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 there was the thunderous sound of great big cloven hooves approaching. And there into his own house came the devil, Hello, Granny. Hello, my dear. How are you? Have you had a nice day deviling? Oh, I have. I have. Terribly, terribly wicked I am. Hold on. What's that smell? I can smell boys. Ah, yum, 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 yum. I'd like to eat him up. Well, I'm afraid there is no boy here at all. Look around and use your eyes, my dear, she said. And sure enough, the devil looked around and there was no boy that he could see. Anyway, come and sit down. I've got some nice soup for you on the fire. And so the devil sat down and had his dinner, and then afterwards, <sighs> he yawned a big yawn, and then, <sighs> oh, I'm terribly tired after my day of wickedness. <laughs> Perhaps I can lie down, Granny, and I can put my head in your lap, and you can stroke my hair, and I will have a lovely snooze. How about that, Granny? <laughs> oh, yes, my dear. Come over here. Come here. Lie down. Pop your head in my lap. And so the devil lay down. She stroked his golden hair. And very soon, the devil was just drifting off to sleep. Now, as soon as he was asleep, very carefully, the granny got hold of one of his golden hairs and, bing, she plucked it out. Oh, ow, ooh, what did you do that for, granny? Oh, that hurt terribly. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, my dear. I was, I was just having a strange dream, you see. I was, I was thinking of something that was bothering me recently. And what's that? What was that dream, granny? Well, my dear. The dream was of a, of a city where there once was a tree in the town square that used to bear golden apples, but now bears nothing at all. Oh, ha, I know about that. There is a mouse underneath that tree, gnawing at its roots. And if the people dig up the roots a little bit and get the mouse out and send it outside the city, then the tree will once more blossom. Now, anyway, I'd like to go back to sleep. Of course you can, my dear. Lay your head in my lap and I will stroke your beautiful golden hair, and you go back to sleep. And very quickly again, the devil was snoring asleep. <coughs> and once she was sure he was asleep, she picked out another hair. Oh, ow, oh, granny, what did you do that for? What was that for? Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, I, I must have dozed off, for I was having a dream about a town where they have a fountain, and that fountain, it used to bubble up, Beautiful red wine, but now it doesn't even give water. 
Oh, ha, ha, hoo-hee, I know all about that fountain. Yes, yes, yes. In the bowl of the fountain there is a stone, and under that stone is a toad, and that toad has stopped the fountain from working. If they whip that toad out and take it outside the city walls, then hoo-ha, wine once more it shall be. Now, I haven't finished my nap. And once the devil was fast asleep again, his granny stroked his golden hair, and one more time, bing, she plucked the third golden hair from his head. Oh, ah, granny! Oh, that hurt! Why do you keep doing that? Oh, I'm terribly sorry, my dear. I'm terribly sorry, but... Is that another dream? I dozed off again. I had a different dream this time. And what dream was that, Granny Tell? Well, I dreamt about a ferryman. A ferryman who ferry people backwards and forwards across the river. But he can't stop his job and he can't leave it. And no one ever comes to take over from him. Why is that? Oh, ha, ha. Oh, hee, hee. I know the reason for that. The reason for that is that the ferryman must hand his ferry pole, the thing that pushes the boat along, to someone. And as soon as he hands it to them, they will have to do all the ferrying across the river. Oh, Anyway, I've had enough napping. I'm going to go out to do some more wickedness in the world. Goodbye, Granny. And with a great big burble and a clop and a clomp and a ploop, the devil went back out. Quick as a flash, with a wave of her knitting needles, the Granny turned the luck child back into a young man, and there he was again. She presented him the three golden hairs from the devil's head. There you go, my dear. And did you hear the answers to your questions? I did, thank you. I did. Well... You'd better run along. You don't want him coming back and finding you here after all. Thank you very much. Thank you ever so much. And off the luck child went. His journey on the way back was much faster, but this time when he met the ferryman, he said to the ferryman, I do have an answer for you, and I will tell you once you have ferried me to the other side. So the ferryman picked up the pole and pushed the boat across the river off to the other side, and when they'd reached there, the luck child said, The next person who comes along, if you hand them that pole, that ferry pole, then they will have to take over your job as ferryman forever. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you, said the ferryman. Now, as a little reward, I should tell you that the banks of this river are filled with jewels and gemstones of extraordinary quality and extraordinary value. Just look about you. And the luck child did. He looked down and there were diamonds and rubies and sapphires and emeralds covering the river banks. So he filled his pockets. When he reached the town with the fountain, he walked up to the soldier and he said, Hello, do you remember me? Yes, of course I remember you. Have you got an answer for us about a fountain? And he said, Yes, the problem is there's a toad under a stone in the fountain. And if you take the toad out and, and take it away, the fountain will work once more. And they did. They went to the fountain, they lifted the stone, and there under the stone there was the toad, and they picked the toad out very carefully. You've got to be quite gentle with toads. They took it out and they took it to another, took it to a wildlife pond just outside the town walls, and plop, put it back in there. And as soon as the toad was out, the fountain began to whir and grind and work, and suddenly delicious ruby-red wine flowed, and the fountain was working once more. Oh, that's lovely, that is. Thank you. Thank you for sorting that out. Now, because you've sorted that out, the mayor of the town has given you a reward. Here is a huge sack of gold coins. Oh, thank you very much, said the love child. And off he went. Now, he came across that town that he had very first come upon on his journey. The town where the tree was that had once borne golden apples and now grew nothing. Hello, said the soldier. I know you. Have you got a message for us? Have you got any answer about our, our tree in the courtyard? I have. 
said the luck child. Underneath the roots, if you dig a little bit, you'll find a mouse, a mouse that is gnawing at the roots of the tree. If you take the mouse and release it away from the town, then the tree can heal and once more will blossom and bloom and bear fruit. Well, they did it right there and then while he was in the town. They dug underneath the roots and sure enough, there was a mouse looking guilty, staring up at them all, having been nibbling and nobbling on all the gnarled roots. They picked up the mouse and they took it outside the city and released it into the countryside and almost immediately, as if by magic, because of course it was magic, the tree began to grow buds that became leaves and between those leaves were buds that bore blossoms and those beautiful flowers then turned into apples, but not just any apples, golden apples. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, young man. And I tell you what, the mayor of this town is so pleased that our tree is working again proper that he is going to give you a huge sack of gold coins as well. So when the luck child returned to the castle, he had two huge sacks of gold coins and pockets bulging with shining gemstones. When he saw his father-in-law, the king, he pulled out the three golden hairs and presented them to him. He told the king the story of how he'd been to the town, to town, to the river, and how he'd found out about the tree that used to bear golden apples but now bore nothing, and the fountain that used to run with red wine but now didn't even run with water. Now the king was interested in those, but he was much more interested in where he had got those pockets of jewels from. Well, said the luck child, if you travel past this town and that town, you'll reach a river, and there's a ferryman. And if he takes you to the other side of the river... You can find all the gemstones and jewels that you want just lying about on the riverbanks. Well, the king was off like a flash, greedy, greedy king that he was. But of course, when he went to see the ferryman, the ferryman handed him the ferry pole. And as soon as he did, then the king became the ferryman and had to ferry people backwards and forwards across the river forever and ever. Back at the castle, when the king didn't return, the princess, the next in line, became the queen and her husband, the luck child, became the king, just as the fortune teller said he would. And you know what? After all those adventures, after all those mishaps, and after all the danger in his life, the luck child and his wife, the princess, now the queen, lived happily ever after. Thanks so much, Jason, for that story. Jason is also really good at doing sound effects. The trotting of hooves or even the sound of water dripping in a cave. So clever. Now, here's a couple of things for you to chew over. Do you think that boy was just born lucky? Or do we make our own luck by being brave and willing to go out looking for adventures? might be an interesting question for you to talk about with your grown-up. And I wonder if that reminded you of another tale we've had on Super Great Kids Stories. It made me think of the griffin. Did it make you think of the griffin too? Ha! See, in the griffin, there's a man goes off on a quest to find a cure for his sick son. And he's asked to fetch three feathers from the griffin's tail. Remember that one? Maybe you could listen back to the griffin and spot the differences between that story and the luck child which you've just heard. 
I do like the way similar tales crop up in different countries, but with different versions. Now, lots of you have joined our Owlets Club recently, so it's time to dip deep into our bag of happies and say thank you and hello to some new Owlets. Let's start in Canada and fly to Toronto to say hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo to loyal listeners Julian and Bo. Julian and Bo never miss an episode. Isn't that brilliant? Hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo and thanks to you. And now, if we fly northwest, we can say hello to Gia from Manitoba. Gia sent us a beautiful story which she'd made up about a lonely owl. Really good. Thanks for sharing it, Gia. And her favourite Super Great Kids story is Snotty Boy from Japan. I agree, that is a really good story, Gia. And now we fly northwest with a hello to Hazel from North Vancouver in Canada, who is five. Her favourite stories are the Anansi stories and the Baba Yaga stories. She's drawn a terrifying picture of Baba Yaga grimacing with her long pointy metal teeth. And let's spread our wings and fly now to Washington State in the US and say hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo and hello to Henry, who is six from Leavenworth. Henry listens to Super Great Kids stories every day. His favourite is How the Tadpoles Lost Their Tails. That was the first story he listened to, and he particularly likes the tadpoles' voices. And over to St. Louis in Missouri in the US now, and hello to David, who recently turned seven, and his sister Elise, who is four and a half. David's favourite storyteller is... Jason Buck. So I hope you enjoyed his story today, David. Both David and Elise have shared pictures of brilliant, super great, scary stories too. You can see them on our Facebook page. And let's fly across to the UK now to visit five-year-old Ida, who lives in London near Epping Forest, which her family like to think is home to lots of elves. One of Ida's favourite stories is Momo Taro, the peach boy. They enjoy saying, Oniwasoto, go away, ogres. Ida also likes the kind badgers, which is another Japanese story. And hello to Joni, who is seven, and to Alma Joy, who is four. They are very brave and they really like the scary stories. Alma's favourite is ruby red lips and long red fingernails. And Joni told her whole family the hairy toe story during Christmas dinner. Eek! I hope you didn't put everyone off their food, Joni. And finally, thanks very much to Emile from Armagh in Northern Ireland for your thoughtful and creative Christmas card. And a very big thanks to all of you who are subscribing to our podcast. If you'd like to join and hear the stories advert-free, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Patreon, which you can find on our website at supergreatkidsstories.com. And now you can subscribe directly to Patreon through the Spotify app. If 
you subscribe as a full outlet, there are over 35 bonus stories and at least 18 super great scary stories just waiting to terrify you. <laughs> and now, here are our Pick of the Week pictures which you've sent in. Rowan, who is six from Iowa, drew a striking image of the phoenix from the Chinese story How the Phoenix Got Its Bright Feathers. Rowan and her little brother Jonah enjoy listening to the stories nearly every day. I really love your phoenix flying above the clouds, wearing her bright new feathers and looking very pleased with herself. And thanks too to nine-year-old Afra, who lives in Melbourne, Australia, with her brother Tymore. Afra has sent three artistic creations. Some origami cranes, inspired by the Japanese story, The Crane Girl. A beautiful picture of the How Am I story, Why the Whale Has a Sad Song. Your whale does look rather sad as he's singing his song. And The Fish and the Star, where the fish is swimming leapily through the stars. Another beautiful drawing of a moving story by storyteller Pamela Ma. Thanks for those, Afra. And finally, well drawn to new Super Great Kids Story subscriber, five-year-old Oliver from Glen Ridge, New Jersey in the US. Your black and white illustration of Baba Yaga and Vasilisa the Beautiful is so imaginative. I love Baba Yaga's hut, which looks as if it's about to run off into all that bushy undergrowth. And I really like the clever way you've drawn the well in Frau Holler, showing the path and the little door at the bottom, which leads to a magical land. You've captured the story really well. Thank you, Oliver. And thanks to all of you who sent in pictures. If you'd like to see them, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash stories. And do send us in any pictures you've coloured from our colouring book. We'd love to see what they look like coloured in. That's it for this week. Why don't you make a happy start to your new year by telling someone a story or singing them a song? This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London. <laughs>